This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Wherever you go, however you go, for energy on the go, it's got to be 5-Hour Energy. It works fast, it works long, it tastes good, and with zero sugar and four calories, there's nothing holding you back. Fits your pocket, fits your backpack, fits your on-the-go life, whether you're going to work, going on vacation, or just going out with friends. 5-Hour Energy. Energy on the go. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com. Take the baseline out. Uh-huh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode of the Hardwood Knocks. Today, uh, Dan Favalli is not with us. He's gallivanting about the United States somewhere. That's a, that's all I know, so that's all I can tell you. Um, but I am joined by an extra special guest. I thought while Dan's away, I'll get somebody who's a little bit more fun to talk to. Um, no offense to all the sports writers that we generally have on, but I'm here with stand-up comedian Brant Tobler, uh, who is a Los Angeles Lakers aficionado, so we're going to talk about the Lakers. Um, Brant, like I said, is a stand-up comedian. He also just wrote a book called Free Roll, and you can get that anywhere that you get books, Amazon, Audible, uh, wherever else you consume books these days. Uh, Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Brant. Thanks for having on, or thanks for coming on. Uh, how are you doing yeah. today? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, so, like I said, we usually get like beat writers or um, bloggers that cover these specific teams. I'm actually really excited to kind of stray from that um, <laughs> a little bit today, and I think it's perfect for the Lakers, who, uh, my apologies, have been kind of a funny team over the last uh, two or three years. <laughs> Um, yes, but right now it seems like hope kind of springs, um, from Los Angeles right now. What is the sort of mood of the fan base for the Lakers? Well, I think there's, there's definitely a lot of hope. I think there's a lot of hope for next year with all the LeBron talk, but, uh, when they, when they drafted ball, um, it changed everything. Like I'm sure as you saw with summer league and stuff, and I used to live in Vegas and go to summer league games and the, I'd never dream they'd ever sell out and stuff like that. So there, there's definitely an excitement, uh, an excitement in the air. And it's always going to be a, a Laker town. It, it never mattered how good the Clippers got. Cause I, I would go to both, both games and it's just the Lakers just have a better energy. I don't think 
LA will ever come around on the Clippers. So I think everyone's excited. I noticed that at those Vegas, uh, I mean, it's, they've, the Lakers fans have traveled pretty well there the last few years, but it was like uh, hit a fever pitch this summer with the Lonzo Ball stuff. Yeah, yeah, Vegas is a Laker town anyway, but uh, it definitely this year, I, I'd never seen anything like it. And I was actually in Vegas doing shows at the MGM that week, and we would usually go over with no problem, and they were like, it was it was a, a much bigger. It was like trying to get real Laker tickets in L.A., which was crazy <laughs> for summer league. So the the excitement of the Lakers is back, and then uh, everyone I talked to is you know they were they they definitely think Paul George will come, and then now all these rumors about LeBron looking at private schools for his kids and stuff. Uh, I think the I, I think next year it'll, it'll be interesting to see who actually comes. But as far as this year, I, I think. There's a lot to grow on. I mean, the young the young guys are growing up, and it's uh, I think it's going to be a fun season. So let's start with Lonzo. I think he's sort of the catalyst um, for so much of this hype, and to me, it's warranted. I, I I remember tuning into some of those UCLA games and thinking I I don't think I've ever seen a point guard who passes like this. Like the second he touches the ball, he turns his head and whips it up the floor. Um, are you as excited about Lonzo as the rest of the Laker faithful seems to be? Yeah, I, and I agree. I don't. I think he's a true point guard, which we rarely see anymore. And it's such a a score first world. I know. <laughs> just watching like the sometimes I watch like the young the high school kids, and everyone just wants to score. So yeah, it's cool to see somebody who wants to. As a guy, I was a point guard growing up, and I I first of all I couldn't shoot, so that's why I became a good passer. But he reminds me of a, a you know a, I wouldn't put him on a Jason Kidd level yet, but uh, I just love to watch him play as a basketball fan. Even if I wasn't a Laker fan, I just really uh, enjoy watching him. So it's it's very exciting. It, it's got a, a little magic J-Kid to him, and, of course, magic's pumping him up all the time around L.A. So Yeah, that's how I feel, too. It just makes it fun to watch. And you can yeah. tell when he's passing the ball that everybody else on the team kind of gets excited, like, oh, if I run the floor, I'm going to get it, and – it seems to be like this infectious attitude that he's already spreading throughout the team. Yeah, I agree. It's it's what coaches always told us, and uh, but nobody ever did it like he does. I agree. The second he gets it, and the way he looks, and the long outlet passes and stuff, you just don't see it from you know a point guard rarely anymore. I don't I won't I don't know who I would say the truest point guard since maybe like the Nash days or something. But even all the other like Russ. I mean, he's he's looking to score, and all the I consider most great point guards are great scorers now. So it's definitely yeah. refreshing to uh, to see somebody looking to pass. Are you worried about Levar at all? No, I actually love. <laughs> Do you it, like man. him? I was going to ask I you about it. that. I, I don't think it's bad. I mean, I think he's just he's he's created. I mean, I think his son was going to be great, but he's taken it to a whole nother level, and I don't think he's going to distract his son you know I think Lonzo's fine I don't I think he I, I think that first game in summer league he, he came out a little rough rusty but which is only fair I thought we were we were everyone was criticizing too much but he played great after that so he seems like just a soft quiet humble kid so it I, is I, and he, it, he's just trying to make his kids money and yeah <laughs> I mean I like it I think he's I, 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 I've definitely come around on him. He, he makes me laugh, honestly. I mean, his predictions are impossible or, or yeah. just ridiculous. But uh, I, I, I do like the, I like the circus a little bit. It is crazy how soft-spoken Lonzo is after 
spending obviously his entire life with this as boisterous <laughs> as it gets um, of a father. But I'm kind of with you. Like some of the stuff he says, I just think, come on, man, that's that's outrageous. Like the Michael Jordan comments and yeah. But the general, I mean, he's just like you said, he's just pumping up his kids. I don't, I don't really understand. Yeah. Um, like some people and are I, mad about it. Yeah, and he, I think he's on the right track, just empowering you know the athlete and letting him start his own shoe brand all that i think that's where the future i don't know if he's the spokesman for it but in the future like why why let nike make hundreds of millions of dollars when you can do it yourself so i think he's i think he's on to something he just uh i I don't know how good the shoes are gonna do and the brand but i I think a lot of it will be how lonzo plays i mean it was obviously weird that lonzo didn't wear the shoes all the time was Was a little (laughs) a little bad for business but uh i think they're on the right track as far as i mean i just look at it from my if i had a son and he was a stud it would be i think he's doing everything to help his son and you never he you never know you you know hopefully didn't get injured or something but he's trying to lock up money for a long time for his kids which i don't think is really a bad thing so yeah um, I'm on board i'm on board too um, i'm not buying the shoes but i'm on board <laughs> <laughs> did they uh i remember when they first dropped and i thought $500 holy cow this guy's yeah. got a lot of nerve yeah i don't know if they dropped the price i know they released a new model but i i didn't go back and check yeah, I haven't either. But I thought—I mean, even that was just kind of genius. I mean, that if he if he makes them two hundred, nobody talks about him. That's true. I, I was interested the the articles I read about how much free press he got by making those shoes five hundred dollars was like a genius. The advertising he would have—it would have been tens of millions of dollars to get that much advertising because he just—they plastered that on ESPN. That's true. And I don't know how calculated it was, but he dropped it perfect time, like middle of June, when we nothing really going on after the. I I, I don't know how calculated it was, but well, I, I thought he did pretty good. How long he's like stayed in the limelight? I you have to start feeling like a lot of this has to be calculated. Yeah, yeah, which I think he's so loud and obnoxious. You kind of think of him think of him as an idiot, or at least I do sometimes. And then <laughs> sometimes when I look at the the broad picture i'm like man maybe this guy yeah, is, maybe he's a genius. is doing it ball and the family his have you seen the reality show at all no i haven't was it any good i've i've watched maybe like a minute of it um just in like trailers but uh-huh. I mean, like like you said i think there's something to your point about athletes sort of cutting out the middleman um yeah not just in marketing but now they they like write their own stories they're cutting out journalists um yeah announcing stuff on twitter like there's definitely an empowerment going on. Yeah, which I always root for just, you know, I mean, as a comedian in kind of the same world, it's like, man, if I could cut out the middleman, it would make yeah. my life so much. So I root for it all around because a lot of times I don't think you need it. So Yeah, one thing I thought was cool, this isn't Lakers related, but last year um, Celtics rookie Jalen Brown didn't even have an agent do his rookie contract, which I've always wondered about because – the rookie money is set. Why do you want to pay some guy yeah. 4% or whatever it is for a deal that's not even negotiated? I agree. It's the same thing. I'm not a big LeBron guy, but the way he empowered all his friends, I thought was great. And it's, and then I was like, I think anybody could do it. I mean, you just ask for the max every time. Like, I think I could be his agent and go, okay, we'll just take the max every yeah. time. And well, there's certain I, I guys that there's no negotiation. It's the max yeah. or nothing. Yeah. 
I would like to be an agent for those guys yeah. <laughs> and take 4% of the max. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see it. Go ahead. I think it's better than like, uh, I think we've come a long way from like the master P agent days <laughs> where I wouldn't, I, I think, it, I think some of those guys would like to have those deals back, but I think we're getting to a place where, I mean, it's, it's such a business now. These guys know when they're like sophomores in high school yeah, that they're sure. heading there. Like that Michael Porter kid or somebody, I would have been, I mean, I would have been learning. I wouldn't have been worried about like history class. I would have been oh, no way. online researching like how do I represent myself, agent, you know. Yeah. It's it's such a business, so it's um, crazy. And as we've learned from the last couple of days with the NCAA uh, investigation, there's like real business decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As sophomores in high school. Um, yeah. Okay, another young guy moving on from the ball circus, which I think we both kind of enjoy. Um, yeah. Brandon Ingram was pretty – I I don't know if he was – I mean, he was disappointing statistically last season. I get, like some people said, he still showed flashes um, of what he can do. And unfortunately, we didn't get to see much of him at Summer League because he went down with that leg injury in the first game. But he looked really good in that that one game that he did play. Um, how are you feeling about him as he heads into his second year? Yeah, I'm excited about him. And I think I – don't, I don't think the injury was that bad. I don't think we'd have seen a lot of him no. during that. Anyway, but uh, he he looked impressive that first game, and then everything you read is that he's coming on. I mean, it's hard to like the DeBrant comparisons are so tough for any young guy. But I, I would be I'd be and you know what when they were talking all the trade stuff, the way that they were like we'll trade anybody but him. Yeah, uh, made me think that they definitely see something in him. So I would expect him to have a a big year and kind of lead him. Yeah, I think there's he, definitely – go ahead. He's another quiet, quiet guy that yeah. he just seems like a – you know, I, him and Lonzo, they might be the quietest backcourt we've ever seen as far as – I don't know if they'll have a – maybe Magic will be out there leading them. They'll just have LeVar talk for him. Yeah, well, yeah, that might work. <laughs> but I, did, I think he'll have a big year. I mean, I, I know Laker fans are definitely hopeful uh, – hopeful because if, if these young guys come along and then they can bring in guys next year – it'll be back to uh, the toughest ticket in town. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the Lakers lost their top two leading scorers from last year, Lou Williams and D'Angelo Russell, and somebody's got to take over that scoring load. I don't think it's going to – I mean, Lonzo will take some of those points, but like we've already said, he's very unselfish. So I think a lot of that scoring load just naturally has to go to Ingram. Yeah, I agree. He, he would – I mean, he'd have to be the go-to guy at – I would think right now, I don't know, down the stretch and you need a bucket. You hope hope Lonzo can get him in a good position, but I would say he's definitely uh, the closest thing to a closer that we have, which is kind of a bad <laughs> – I don't know, we'll see, but it's a little as – as I say it out loud, it's like, ugh, I guess we, better, <laughs> we better really hope he's he's ready to down the stretch, you know, well, need someone to take over. It, it may be scary if you're, like, thinking about winning games this season, but I'm sure that the Lakers brass – they're probably not too worried about wins and losses this year. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I think, yeah, like we've said, I think next year is get these guys ready for uh, for next year. So you've mentioned it a couple times. I'm just going to go there. Do you? Um, where's your gut on like Paul George, LeBron James? Some, I mean, Russell Westbrook's name's even been brought up. Demarcus Cousins, and I think they can get two of them. Yeah, well, you know, I always thought I thought Russell would already end up there because he's just such an LA guy, and just his whole lifestyle just 
as I imagined, just doesn't really fit in Oklahoma City. Like as far as his all passion for all the fashion and yeah. stuff, I I thought for sure he'd go to New York or L.A. And um, it I, it sure seems like LeBron's heading there inevitably. And and then everything, you know, I listened to a a podcast yesterday, and Paul George was saying. Um, you know, all the right things, but he's got to say the right things yeah. going into the season. But it sure seems to me like he's he's got his heart set on L.A. And then, I mean, ideally for me, I would love – well, I, don't, I guess I don't – the more I think about it, I don't know where if, – if Lonzo and Russ would really fit together. But I could definitely see Paul George and, uh, and LeBron going there for sure. I, I would – I mean, that's what I think will happen. And then, you know, who – I don't know if DeMarcus – I think – I don't know, but I, I would be surprised if those two aren't there next year. Yeah, I think they're getting two of them. If I had to guess right now, I would say LeBron goes. Um, I think it was on this podcast. It was one that I wasn't here for, but uh, my co-host interviewed a Thunder beat writer. Um, and a lot of times, beat writers and bloggers for teams tend to be like kind of biased towards their team. And he was even saying he thinks Paul George is gone after this season, like, even with all the stuff that Paul George, like you said, he's saying all the right things right now. Um, but, I mean, they've already been slapped with the, what was it, like a $250,000 fine for tampering with Paul George. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, all the writing is on the wall for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, it seemed like he wanted to be there already, but when they traded him, I think he thought he'd be there this season. But Yeah. I, and I, I don't. he definitely... I was going to say, I don't blame the Lakers for not making that trade either. If they know he's coming <laughs> next summer anyway, there's no reason to give up assets for him. I agree with that. I thought they, he showed his hand way too early. And it really just, I mean, it punished him for one year in Oklahoma City, which is kind of working out. But I still, I, I think he'll, uh, I think he's got his heart set on L.A. So they would have to have an incredible year to, you know, they'd yeah. have to like win a championship for him to have to, and then I still think it's probably 50-50. Yeah, I feel like if they win, and I don't think this is likely, but if they win like 60 games and push the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals or something, I think there's a chance he goes back. Yeah. But even as we're talking, so we got some breaking news in the middle of this podcast. Sweet. Um, oh, so Westbrook just agreed to a five-year, $200 million extension. Wow. With the Thunder. So we well, can take him off the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> off the Lakers, well, most likely. It, in some weird way, that might have been from Lonzo Ball anyway. Like, yeah. he might have seen the writing. Because I just don't know if they would really fit together. No, it that was a good like point you made for sure. Lonzo was, uh, is definitely the future right now. So, wow, that's crazy. And it doesn't, I would, I, I I would have thought s- he'd have got out of there. Yeah, I mean, that, that extension was sitting on the table for months now. And I was actually going to say he hasn't signed that extension yet. But <laughs> as we're talking, it breaks. Um, oh, yeah. He's as ball dominant as it gets. And I think if you really want to, like, play to Lonzo's strengths, obviously he needs the ball in his hands, too. I mean, he doesn't hold it. For yeah. He obviously, he passes it. But you want things to start with him, which is yeah. – I'm actually kind of – I think LeBron can make it work with anybody, but that's the same reason I'm a little worried about that fit, too. No, I agree. I, I agree because I, I – to me, I want him to – we just start with him, let everything start through him and go. I mean, of course, if, like, LeBron got a rebound or someone gets it and goes, but to me, I'd like only LeBron, anyone else, if they get it, let's get it to him and then run, fill the lane. So yeah, 
but but I'm sure they can make it work as far as I could. I see LeBron just going in there as kind of like a mentor. I mean, still probably be the most dominant player in the world, but I, I think he uh, he would just probably even make ball better, and in some way, ball would make LeBron better. I mean, there's no one I'd rather have running down the wing if I was a point guard. That's just true. give it to that that monster and let him rack up my assists. So. And obviously, there's probably no better like sensei for Lonzo than. LeBron, I mean, the best player in the yeah. world for the last yeah. decade plus. To have LeBron and Magic there, I mean. And like we said, he, it just seems like he's doing all the right things and so quiet and humble and just working hard. Where I don't know about, like, the, I wouldn't bet as much on the little ball as much as, like, I, I, I don't see. I, I don't, I'm, like we said, I don't know how he's weathered the storm and is not obnoxious or anything like yeah. his dad, but he, he sure seems like just a good, hardworking, he seems like a a kid you'd want so yeah did you see the video of Lamelo ball's 92 point game yeah but i hate that. i just it was i hate that <laughs> one of the biggest jokes i've ever seen yeah i hate <laughs> i just hate watching those guys just because it's not it was so it's bad. not even real it's it's it, it makes playground ball look more disciplined yeah. than i've been in garbage games that were better than that so i remember like, seeing the headline LaMelo Ball scores 92 points, and I was like, holy crap. And then I opened the video, and I was just appalled within, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, I remember, like, uh, the the kid at Memphis that – I forget what his name was, but he he got, like, 100 in a high school game, but he had to work his butt off for it. Like, he was – they were running screens for him and doing – that That was just, like, garbage, just – the, the lack of defense is yeah it was bad. It, it's just hard to watch as a, as a I would say a basketball purist or just a fan of basketball like uh it, it's pretty garbage I wouldn't mind playing in it I think for a game or two but <laughs> or if you're I, that uh, guy that just gets to yeah. stand under the rim I'd be pretty yeah. pissed if I was anybody else yeah yeah but no that's true if you're if you're the outlet guy it's like oh this sucks yeah <laughs> here you go man um yeah so uh, me and Dan actually talked about like what sort of cap gymnastics LA would have to do to create two max slots and it's not it's not super easy but it's also like the the path is there. And the one that was really interesting to me and I don't think this will happen just cuz Paul George seems like a given already, but I the idea of LeBron and Boogie pick and rolls was like really intriguing to me. Yeah, that would I would I mean, I think Paul George is great, but I, I've always liked Boogie, and I would, if I had my preference, I would pick those two honestly, and then just let Ball, and then Ingram. I think you'd put together a pretty nice team, but yeah. Then those two, you're right with the pick and roll, and then, I mean, the way Boogie can actually shoot it, shoot the three pretty good now, and then mm-hmm. have him step out, and I, I mean, I would, I would actually prefer that, but and there's always the uh, Lakers tradition of like dominant big men. Too. Every time they've <laughs> yeah. gone on a run, there's been a like a just a dominant center in the middle, which is who LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, could be. He could yeah, play I mean, yeah, any I position guess, at this point. I get. I guess Boogie's as close as we get to a dominant. Well, I mean Anthony Davis maybe, but yeah, yeah. But LeBron could be that too. But yeah, that is true. I mean that's the that's what puts the banners up. There's always been a, a big man in the middle. So and everybody that's, talks I about. I was going to say everybody talks about Boogie's attitude problems. Um, but I feel like if he was on a team with any sort of real structure and a guy who's like, I I don't know about LeBron as a leader because the subtweeting teammates and stuff like that is kind of weird. Yeah. But he definitely has gotten results. Like he's won um, 
championships and so I mean there's yeah. well, there's some evidence that he's a good leader and I think it might work better than like the Sacramento Kings for crying out loud. Yeah. I was just say I, as a dude that's on the road a lot, I'm much happier in LA than when I'm in Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't blame Boogie as much for that because it's a I mean it's just a two different worlds of it's harder to be i mean when i'm doing shows in sacramento i'm dreaming of la so i totally get why boogie's not uh not that thrilled to be there no offense to the sacramento yeah. listeners but you know what i'm talking about don't worry i'm sure we don't have yet. a ton of people listening from <laughs> sacramento um okay so we've we've kind of strayed into next season which i think is natural like you've said a couple yeah. times i think they're gonna be they could be a significantly different team next season than they are this season. Um, but for the here and now, they do have some other interesting young guys on the roster. Uh, one that I'm actually not as high on as a lot of other people, and maybe it's because I'm a Wyoming guy and there's a Wyoming guy behind him. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Julius Randle is interesting to me. I see the like natural gifts that he has. He's a big dude. He can rebound like a monster and bring the, the ball up the floor. But, um, there's still just – I don't think he quite gets it mentally on either end of the floor. Um, I, I do see the talent. But anyway, what do you, what do you think about him? Well, I agree. I agree. Uh, he just doesn't really fit in. I feel like he, it, it doesn't run as smooth as he's when he's in there. And then once again, to go back to ball, like he can bring up the, the ball up the floor – but we don't need him to anymore. Just I want my. I would rather have Nance get the yeah, rebound for sure. Give it to Ball and then run out as far you know. So we don't even need him bringing the ball up anymore. But he's a guy that loves to dribble and ISO and then. I mean, he's talented down there, but his ISOs can be so ugly though. Ah, uh, yeah, and it's just it just slows down everything. And you know, in a world, but to me, the Warriors. I mean, I love watching the Warriors, so I would much prefer. I hate slowing it down at all. You know, like yeah. I think that's old school. It's like, uh, so I, to me, I would, I wish they would have traded him honestly. And once again, I'm a Wyoming guy too. So I definitely root for, for Nance, but I think in the future, as far as the fit. And once again, if, if you go to next year, either way, when, once LeBron comes, yeah, they especially might have LeBron to, boogie, what are you going to do with him? So they would almost certainly have to move him next year. I think. Yeah. So I'd be fine with moving him now, honestly. I And his name had come up in trade rumors um, all summer long, so I think they've at least entertained that notion. Yeah. Um, like you said, this has got to be the – I know it's the only time we've had two Wyoming guys um, on this podcast. So uh-huh. <laughs> let's talk about Larry Nance because I agree with you. I think he makes more sense with the rest of that starting lineup than Randall does. I mean, the, he's – I think he's one of the most explosive finishers in the league. He's a great defender. He can guard like two or three different positions. Um, him sprinting down the floor and Lonzo hitting him with those outlet passes, I think could be really exciting. Um, and I've, I've been banging this drum for a while and maybe it's just cause I'm biased, but I feel like he's the best power forward on that team. Yeah. And I agree. And I, I probably have a little of the bias too, but I agree. Uh, he just does so much more than I feel like Randall. He's just like a perfect role player that, you just, you know, he's, he, you never have to get him shots. He naturally kind of gets his shots through running the floor or getting rebounds and stuff. And he, uh, like you said, he can defend. And to me, he's just a, a, a perfect, a guy that every team needs that can, uh, can do all the little stuff that you want. And then he's also 
can just be spectacular at times, which is always good too. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I uh, I would prefer to to see him uh, to to be the starting power forward and and just run and let him just grow this whole year. But and especially if he's on a team that has LeBron or Cousins or George or you know two max yeah. players like we've been saying a few times, you'd rather have a guy who doesn't. I don't think he cares how many shots he gets. Whereas you can tell when Julius Randle gets the ball and he puts his head down and drives into four guys, like he's obviously yeah. concerned about scoring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he Julius is definitely a get his kind of guy, and whereas Nance, I think, I bet I I can only imagine I would imagine the first stat he looks at is how many rebounds he's got. So yeah, he's and and he's a guy. I mean, I just think he's a guy you need. You know, like a I'm trying to think who I'd compare him to. Like well, not, I would say like Battier, even different, a little different styles, but just I always liked Battier or just respected his game because he was, he just did all the stuff that you know you need to win. Everybody can't shoot it all the time, so yep. you need a couple guys that just don't care. So I think almost I every think it, successful team, like really successful team over the last ten, fifteen years, has had a guy like that. Yeah, at least I one agree. starter. Yeah, I agree. And then, and you can't just have all max guys anyway. So once again, if you have two big max guys, and then you're going to need a couple guys like him. So I would love. I'd rather just let him grow this year and go, and then, and then see where he fits in next year with whoever comes. But we'll see. Hopefully, I don't because I don't think Laker fans really like Julius anyway. I don't know. Every anyone I talk to, like you said, just pound it down there and try yeah. to force it up over four guys is not. You know, when we're watching them play the Warriors and then they inbound it and throw two passes and get an open three, you're like, that is what we want. I don't want this pounding. I I don't like I don't know the Laker fan mindset as well as you do. Obviously, I see a lot of Lakers writers who are still really high on Julius Randle. So it's interesting to me that maybe there's that's not quite as true with the uh, fans. Yeah, I don't know what they're high on as far as. Because it's not like he's dominant. It's not like, to me, he's never going to be like a go-to guy. He literally is a guy that I think just like looks up and goes, oh, I'm I'm at 12 right now. I got to at least try to get to 18 tonight. And that's, <laughs> you know, I just, that's what I, and then that's when you get the head down isolation. To me, and, it's, I, like it's like he, if Zach Randolph, when he was in his like first or second <laughs> year in the league, if somebody had told him, like, Zach, you can play point guard and take it coast to coast. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I see when I watch him play. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't. I'm surprised that the, you know, I'm sure guys that are a lot smarter than me. But as just a casual fan watching, like he's if if he would have got traded, I would not have missed him for a second. But yeah, I think they definitely, and it sounds like they did explore that. But I that's something I would have looked at if I was in that front office. Um, yeah. One trade that did go down this summer was essentially D'Angelo Russell for. Brooke Lopez, which was an interesting deal to me because I kind of like D'Angelo Russell. I get, um, I get a lot of people's concerns with him, like the maturity stuff, and he wasn't super efficient the first couple years. Um, but I, I liked his potential, and I honestly thought him and Lonzo could have played together. Yeah, yeah, I like D'Angelo. I thought he, I agree, he did need to mature off court, on the court, but as he grew, like, and he was fearless and. He, I, I like that he got, he got a little swagger to him as it went on, and he had some big nights, and uh, he was a talented dude. But he, it, it's an interesting trade for Brook Lopez. Yeah, I mean that it's, seems like just a one year 
yeah. stopgap to me. I'd, I'd be shocked if he came back for another season. Yeah, I agree. So, But, I mean, I don't know what the goal is this year. I mean, you, I don't it's not really... full-out tank, but I guess it's just get these young guys minutes and then hopefully get, like, a good draft pick. I mean, I think everyone in the world knows that you're just playing for next year, so yeah, the writing I mean, we is can't definitely even, on the wall. Yeah, we can't even stay away from the topic trying to talk about this year. So I think everybody knows it. So well, that's one of I the reasons I thought the trade was kind of weird because I think you could yeah. have you could have tried for at least the first few months of the season to see how those two fit together. Yeah, no, I agree, but I think they just yeah, I, I think it they could have played together, but we'll never know. Maybe but, an All Star game. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't really count anyway. So. Yeah. Like we said earlier, though, that, I mean, the Lakers, somebody's going to have to score on this year's team, yeah. even if they don't get a lot of wins. And we mentioned Ingram picking up a lot of that slack. I'm sure Brooke Lopez probably will, too. I, I mean, he's not a dominant, um, like, Lakers tradition-type center, but I think he's a guy who could probably average, like, 16 or 17 and hit a couple threes. He added a three-point shot to his game last year. Um but it goes back to your point, like, <laughs> just one year of him, it's kind of hard to get excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I forgot we even had him. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's game in the trade because I think it's – Well, yeah, I'm sure most I mean, Lakers people, what you remember from that trade is the fact that D'Angelo left. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah. that you got Lopez back. Yeah. Because I don't think anybody would pretend that he's part of the future. No. So it was, there's nothing really to be excited about and we were still in straight ball. It, it, watching that summer league team, you totally even forget about the trade. Really, like yeah. I got so interested in watching those guys. Like, oh yeah, we have Brook Lopez, and somebody's gonna have to get eighteen a night. So he'll he'll probably naturally get it, and then Randall forcefully get it, and then hopefully Ingram. Will, <laughs> I mean, we're gonna have to score. We're gonna have to score at something. But that's a good breakdown. I don't know. Lopez gets yeah. it naturally. Randall gets it forcefully. <laughs> Yeah, and then hopefully, hopefully uh, Ingram ball they they facilitate and it is it is an interesting question like who really is going to score? But the other one who might get a little bit and he's he's always I think his reputation has been a little bit better than his actual play is Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Um, yeah, but I'm interested to see him with Luke Walton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see because he's like a LeBron guy, isn't he? I think he is he rep by LeBron's team too. Ooh, that I don't know. That'd be funny if they're remember, already collecting. Um... Yeah, because <laughs> I remember when that happened, they were like, or may, I might be wrong about that, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he could score. And Dan It'll... and I, like I said earlier, we talked about this in a different episode and the the ways that they would be able to create two max slots. And he's he's more of a cap guru type guy than I am, but he actually figured out a way to create two max slots and still have. KCP, Lonzo Ball, and Ingram all coming back. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's an interesting starting five. Yeah, especially if you can, if you go boogie in LeBron instead of Paul. Yeah. That's a team that's like instantly very interesting. Yeah, I agree. Especially depending on Ingram's growth and stuff, if he's a lot better and then it sure looks like Ball's going to fit and then. They could run, and they would. That'd be an interesting team for sure. Yeah, um, I think we've hit pretty much everybody um, that's going to be like real notable yeah. this season. 
Um, and I know we've strayed into next season several times, which is totally natural. Um, uh-huh. I think anybody who follows or writes about the Lakers is, is looking towards that season. But what, like if, if this team as constituted is it stays together all year, there's no more trades or anything like that. What do you think is like the ceiling for this team in terms of wins? Last year they uh, won 26. What were they? Last year they were 26 and 56. Well, you know what's funny? As you were saying that, the main I think the main goal for Laker fans is just healthy. Yeah. If we, I think our real – realistically what we'd want is just everybody to get stay healthy this year. No – unless it's Randall, let him get hurt. <laughs> get him out. But uh, to, to not stunt the growth of everyone else. But I would – I literally think that the main goal is to keep everyone healthy. But – as far as wins, I would say, I mean, the West is so tough. What were they last year, 26? 26 and 56. I would say I would be shocked if they got if they won more than 31. I was kind of in the same region. I was, I was thinking 30. Because I, I yeah. really do think this team is going to be better than last year's team. Yeah. No, I think it is. But a five, even four or five games is a lot as far yeah, as – Yeah, especially I mean, in, in the, the Western West Conference, is, like you said. It'd be interesting if they were in the East, but maybe they thirty seven, thirty eight. I don't know. But as far as West, yeah, I think thirty, thirty one. One thing they do have going for them, um, they're in the Pacific Division, which means they have to play the Warriors a lot, and that's bad. But they also get to play the Suns and the Kings a bunch yeah. of times, and I think those are two <laughs> teams that are clearly worse than they are right now. Um, yeah, and I think like. I already said I like D'Angelo Russell a lot, and he obviously has more long-term potential than Lopez. But if you're just talking about wins in one year, Lopez will help you more right now. I yeah, think I Ingram agree. will be better. Lonzo, I think, is going to be good right away. So to me, it's it's pretty easy to see um, a four or five win improvement. Um, what about their sort of floor? Like, what do you mean? Like uh, – Oh, what would be the yeah, in worst? Terms of wins. Yeah, like what's what's the worst case scenario? Well, like I said, an injury would just be. I mean, if something happened to Alonzo or Ingram, that would just be just set everything back. So, yeah, that's worse I mean, they, than. I, if they if they lost, if they won twenty five twenty six again, I think it would be a, a slight disappointment. But like I said, I don't think you know the ex- expectations aren't that high as far. As all the Laker fans I know, it's just like I think everyone's going to enjoy watching Lonzo. Everyone's excited to see where Ingram's at, and then uh, and I think we're going to spend most of the year talking about next year as Laker fans. Inevitably, just you know, throughout the year, if LeBron and Wade struggle or anything, everything's going to lead to, especially now that those teams are going to get so much press with Carmelo going and then Wade. If those teams struggle at all, it's going to be like, well, Paul George is thinking about L.A. and yeah. LeBron's already thinking about L.A. So I think we're going to – and as Laker fans, we're just going to be like, oh, yeah, let's hope these guys are. So in a weird way, I think as Laker fans, we're going to root for the Cavs and OKC to struggle <laughs> to not even yeah. put a bump in this road. I mean, I, I don't like LeBron anyway, but – Probably I, will if I, he goes I'll, to the Lakers. I mean, yeah, I've yeah, always said that. I can't. I, I can't to. stand a lot of what he does, but if he was on my team, I'm sure I'd get over yeah. it real quick. Yeah, I love him on Team USA, but uh, he. But honestly, I, I, I've had no problem rooting against the Cavs anyway. But that'll just be a little added bonus. Of, yeah. 
I would love to watch him self-destruct and then have that <laughs> Laker talk also there. So Yeah. Normally it would be like, um, you know, this is another year where wins don't matter for the Lakers and maybe worst case scenario is a good thing in terms of wins and losses, but they don't have their first round pick um, in next year's draft. It either goes to Philly or Boston, depending on how the lottery shakes out. So I think this is a year where they actually should be trying to win. Just I, I think it will help the young guys mentally to kind of get a feel for what it's like to win some big games. Yeah, I agree. And in some crazy, if if as Laker fans we're planning on being good, we I think eventually we get to West or we get to the finals, we'll probably see Boston or Philly on the other side. Yeah. So in long term, you don't want that pick to be good, just because. If if we do get good, we're probably heading towards a collision course with one of those two teams. That's so. a good point, too, for sure. Um, I think that about wraps it up. We've covered this cool. roster fairly well from top to bottom. Um, thank you so much for yeah. coming on, Thanks Brent. That was me. fun. It's fun. It's fun talking, man. Yeah. Just, Go ahead. Well, uh, do all your listeners know what a baller you were back in the days? <laughs> I don't or know if they do. Um, every <laughs> once in a while, I'll I'll bring something up, and um, Dan will every once in a while say something. But I think it's pretty quiet. I actually did change my uh, Twitter, Abby, to a picture of me playing recently because I got so sick of people being like, Bro, "Yeah, you don't even play." <laughs> I remember. I remember when it, and you still caught a bunch of trash from that too. But oh, that's man. Twitter. That means yeah, you're Twitter, doing it. <laughs> yeah. Twitter drives me insane, and yet I cannot stay away. Um, yeah, well, speaking we're of glad Twitter, you're on there. Yeah, thank you. Where can people follow you on there? Uh, yeah, I'm just at Brant Tobler, B-R-A-N-D-T-T-O-B-L-E-R. And uh, that's, I'm just that on across social media. And um, so I'm touring all the time. I've got Vegas, Columbus, Phoenix, uh, a ton of dates coming up. So if you uh, – And if you have – you have BrantTobler.com too, right? Yeah, and BrantTobler.com. And uh, so, yeah, I'm BrantTobler everywhere. And then um, I have a podcast. I haven't done it in a while called The 31 that uh, full of, like, comics. It's uh, I ask tw- the 25 same questions each week and then five uh, unique for the guest and then one um, a fan question. So oh, that's if, you're, cool. if, you're, if your listener's looking for another podcast, it's pretty funny. And, then, and like I said, I wrote a book uh, called Free Roll that you can get on Audible, um, Audible, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and it's uh, just a memoir about my life. I, I was a runner for a bunch of professional gamblers in Vegas for 12 years, so I, <laughs> I assume this is mostly sports fans listening. So uh, you will – I'm very proud of it. It's, it's a really good book, but it has a, a, a big sports tie to it because I was – I would just run around and bet hundreds of thousands of dollars on sports every day. That's crazy. And as a kid from a small town in Wyoming, you can only imagine the weird stuff my life turned into. So yeah. if you're looking for a good book, I recommend it. And it's good on Audible because it's me reading it. So That's cool. uh, I'm very proud of it. So, so free, I think you guys should all go – I not think. You guys should all go follow Brant Tobler, like you said, on Twitter. Check out his website and find the tour dates and buy tickets whenever he's – Close to you and get that book free roll. Yeah, um, send me a message. I'll leave you free tickets. Oh, you're nice. A fan of the podcast, your <laughs> listeners, just tell them to shoot me a podcast. I mean, just shoot me a message. Say I heard you on the podcast. I'll leave you free tickets. That's for awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna so, plug that hard. And um, yeah. the 31 too. The the yeah. podcast. I just wanted to tell you before we go too. I watched. Uh, you posted a couple 
bits from one of your recent um, stand-up performances, the thing about Josh Jackson had me. Like, oh yeah, stitches. <laughs> the Wyoming ties. Oh my yeah. gosh, that was so funny. And not, the, not the basketball Josh Jackson, even though that yeah. might happen one day. But uh, Josh Jackson, yeah. as in Dawson's Creek, Josh Jackson. Yeah, he uh, he slept with my girlfriend one time, and it's a uh, it's another story you can find online or yeah. at one of my shows. It's I it's funny now. I wouldn't want to give it away. At the time. Yeah, yeah, you guys should look that up. Uh, Brant Tobler, Josh Jackson. That thing was funny, and not to yeah, well, laugh at your pain right now, but oh no, it's great. It's, um, trust me, I, I deserve I deserved it. So it's all it's it's it worked out. I never thought it would be a a stand up bit when it happened, but well, I'm glad it, it was. All, you got something yeah. out of it for sure. Cool. Um, again, thanks for coming on, Brant. Like yeah. uh, usual, you guys can follow Dan on Twitter as well. I know he's not with us today, but um, I will. I will reluctantly still lead you to his Twitter. It's Dan Favale, F A V A L E. I'm at Andrew D Bailey. The show's at Hardwood Knox, and as always, uh, we appreciate any ratings or subscriptions or tell your friends whatever you got to do. And we end the podcast as we always do with the shout out to Bina Udri. Covered California knows that one moment can change your life. That moment you say, I do. That moment you meet your baby for the first time. Or even that moment you lose your job and your health insurance along with it. For those times when life changes, we've got you covered. Covered California lets you choose from brand name health plans. And you may even get help paying for it. Your enrollment period is limited. So find out if you qualify by getting free expert help at CoveredCA.com today. Covered California. It's more than just health care. It's life care. Five-hour tea with caffeine from green tea leaves. It's delicious, energizing, and comes in three amazing flavors. With zero sugar and four calories, it fits your life. With its compact size and portability, it goes where you go. To the campsite, the hiking trail, the beach, without weighing you down. Five-hour tea. Caffeine from green tea leaves. Release your natural sight. From the makers of Five-Hour Energy. For more information, visit fivehourenergy.com. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.